Welcome. The parish is a church community in Alpharetta, Georgia, practicing the way of Jesus for the sake of others. Talks like these are just one part of how we gather to be deeply reshaped by Jesus. So we invite you to join us any Sunday morning for a full church gathering. You can find more information or contact us by visiting our website at parishanglican.org. So this is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. In Christ, we have bold and confident access to God through faith in Him. This is why I kneel before the Father. I ask that He will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of His glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. As a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. This is God's word for you. All right. Well, I was just looking around during the three good minutes time and just appreciating this community, uh, just seeing everybody talking uh, and connecting and sharing life together. And uh, it feels like a weird time right now with, with everything happening in the world. And even in our community, uh, not only is, you know, obviously the pandemic impacts uh, the community, but the other piece is we've been through like a lot of adrenaline pushes as a community over the last year and a half, and a lot of shifts and a lot of pivots. And one of the things that happens is you get to the end of a long journey. I don't know if you all have ever experienced this. Usually, uh, if I get a cold or something like that, I don't get it when I'm in the stressful season. I get it when the stressful season finally stops. And, uh, and, or if I'm having to push through a big project, it's, after, it's the week after the project's over that I crash. And so I just want to name, I think we're in a bit of a community crash right now, a collective community crash, and it's okay. Uh, I am like hardwired personality-wise to like kick against that and go, 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 go. Uh, and slowly, obstinately learning that the crash is part of it. The crash is part of the life cycle, right? And so uh, I just look around our community right now and I go, let's do this for the long run. Um, we've got a smaller group in here this morning. That's okay. That's part of it. That's part of it uh, because I know that in many ways we're all recovering from what has been a really difficult season of life and that we gather here uh, for refreshment in the midst of all that we're journeying through. And that's a perfect theme for today because we're talking about contemplative prayer. We're talking about being with Jesus. And over the last few weeks uh, that we've been here, um, we have been talking about what is the work of this people? What is the work of the parish? And we've been thinking about that word liturgy, which just means the work of the people. And a liturgy is any kind of public or private pattern that shapes who we're becoming. 
And so culturally, collectively, we have these private and public patterns that shape who we're becoming. And then certainly in our own lives, we all have our, our liturgies, our rule of life, our schedules, our patterns, our habits, and the environments that we steep ourselves in. And they're shaping who we are becoming. And we're wrestling with what it looks like to live in a distinctively Christian way. Uh, never in my lifetime has that felt more important. That we live in a distinctively Christian way. As followers of our rabbi. And what that means is that we follow and, and pattern our lives after his specific template. The way Jesus says to live. He, he actually has a way to approach life. He calls to us, come to me, take my yoke, take my approach Take my pattern for life upon you and learn how to live from me. Learn how to live from me. Not just believe certain things about me. Not just affirm certain truths about me. But live in the way that I live. And so Jesus lived this compelling, this broad, this expansive, this fascinating for every season of life kind of life. And he invites us into that. And he invites us to feast with him. And for a feast like that, we need a really big table. Because life is not always the up and to the right, if we're honest. A lot of times, life is, uh, is more like a spiral staircase. We're moving somewhere, but at moments, we're like, I feel like I've been here before. And, and am I making any progress at all? Am I going anywhere at all? And Jesus is with us in all of it. And so last week, we talked about this idea that we need a big enough table. And uh, we've got this table here that David Darnell built for us. This is the, the center of our community. It's here where Jesus interacts with each and every one of us in a meaningful and mysterious way. We believe Jesus shows up as we come to this table. And, uh, and so we want to have a big table for all of life. And we talked last week about uh, how along the way, especially in the American church, we have become specialized as churches. We have broken off into little tributaries of churches. And there's this kind of church or there's that kind of church. And, and it happens because a church, a particular group of people is trying to hold on or reclaim to some particular good that has been lost or diminished along the way. But then as they do that, they end up specializing in this one little thing. And the whole thing becomes about that. And, uh, and Jesus then ends up with this great stream of living water and we're only getting one little bit of it. Uh, and so what we talked about is how do we reclaim the whole Christian tradition rather than being a splintered off church or a small specialized kind of church? How do we swim upstream, return to the headwaters and say yes to all that is in Jesus? How do we lay claim to the great traditions? And so last week we talked about building a big enough feast for this table, and we, we're specifically approaching that through the fourfold invitation of Jesus in Matthew 11. We didn't read it this morning, but I know it's familiar to many of you. Jesus has these, these four invitations. He says, come to me, come to me. And we are focused on that leg of our table right now, holding up the feast with a prayer-filled life. And then we're going to look at a deeply formed life, the invitation of Jesus to walk with me, to, to get my dust kicked up upon you. 
Jesus invites us to work with him. What does our work, our vocation, our justice and mission uh, work look like? What does our Sabbath rest look like? We'll look at that. That's one of the legs of the table. And then finally, he says, watch how I do it, which it will lead us into a spirit-dependent life. So we've got these four invitations from Jesus, and collectively, if we can hold to all four, I think that what we'll find is a sturdy and balanced life that makes space for the feast that we are invited into in Jesus. And that's going to mean saying yes to things that come naturally to you and also leaning into some new traditions. And so we're just going to highlight these different traditions over the next few weeks. Uh, We'll spend two weeks on each tradition, and we're starting with the first one where Jesus says, come to me, right? Like Because that's where it starts. Come to me. Be with me. Abide in me, Jesus says. Remain in me. Keep company with me. If we were in the first century, that's easy, right? Because we just literally follow the person of Jesus. It's literally wherever he walks, we walk. That's what his disciples, his Talmudin did, who followed after him. But how do we do it today in a digital, urban, modern age where we interact with our cell phones several thousand times a day, most of us? How do we follow after Jesus We get this uh, instruction from Jesus in John 14, uh, verse 16. Uh, Jesus shows us how we can continue to be connected to abiding in him. And he says in some of his final instructions to his followers, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. And so Jesus is saying the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will live in you. That phrase, I will give you another advocate, can be interpreted or translated as, I will give you another one of me. I will give you another one of me. This is the Holy Spirit. It is through the Spirit that we find Uh, connection to Jesus. And so a life with Jesus then is all about awareness and awakeness and lived connection to the Holy Spirit. That's what this whole thing is all about, or in other words, a prayer-filled life, a life of communion, a life of connection, a life of awareness that Jesus is always with us. That's the heart and foundation of this whole thing. Thomas Kelly puts it this way. He says, deep within all of us, there is an amazing inner sanctuary of the soul a holy place, a divine center, a speaking voice to which we may continuously return. And as we talk about the table leg of the contemplative tradition or the prayer-filled life, that's what we're talking about. How do we pay attention to the speaking voice abiding inside of us that we can come to at any moment of life, right? We don't need prayer for our piety. We need prayer for our sanity, Prayer for our sanity. We need it to make it through the day. And there's an infinitely right number of ways to pray because Jesus desires to be with us. And so I wonder what it might look like if we stopped worrying about praying the right way and we simply relaxed into God's love. And we're going to practice it in just a minute, but I want to offer us two ways of thinking about this contemplative tradition Uh, this prayer-filled, prayer-soaked life. And the first uh, one is this, that you would set aside specific time to be with Jesus. Nothing rocket science about this, nothing new about this. 
And yet, how often this eludes me in the midst of my daily life. Make specific time to be with Jesus. Right? Like This does require an alteration of life as usual. And what we're doing is just saying, I want to create space. That's what spiritual practices are all about. Spiritual practices are not to earn anything. They're not to prove anything. They are to create space for the spirit inside of us to act upon our lives. And so Paul says this fascinating thing in the verse that Jim read, that Ephesians verse. He says, I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge. How do you know something beyond knowledge? Like, if something is beyond knowledge, how can you know it? (laughs) And I think what Paul is saying is a prayer-filled life, a contemplative life, because we can't know it, but we can know it, right? And so Paul is saying, create space to know that which cannot be known, which is the Spirit of God abiding in you. That's the short-term thing. Make space for specific time to be with Jesus. Here's the long-term thing. Be with Jesus all the other times, too. (laughs) Be with Jesus the rest of the time, too. Because this is about loving union with God. And yes, it is important that we create specific time and space, and it is important to recognize that all of life is prayer. All of life is prayer. We can live in an awareness and awakeness to God, and that's what the great contemplative tradition is rooted in. The whole idea is that we can live in awareness of God at all times. Jesus called this abiding. Paul called this prayer without ceasing. John Mark Comer uses this phrase I like. He says, this is the art of being two places at once. Brother Lawrence, a 16th century monk, famously called this practicing the presence of God. That we would recognize that prayer is less about the words we say. It is about a posture or a stance toward life. And being aware that God is all around us at all times. Brother Lawrence famously was a cook in his monastery. And he has this phrase that even when there is noise around him and people asking for more food and more drinks, he finds himself in as much awareness of God as he does when he is on his knees. He cultivated an entire life goal to do nothing other than practice the presence of God. That was his whole life goal, to be aware of God at all times, and to have, as he called it, a wordless and secret conversation with God at all times. Wow. Every one of us could at every moment grow in awareness to that. Dallas Willard puts it this way, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, and then we'll practice it. Really fascinating. He says, the first and most basic thing we can and must do is to keep God before our minds. To keep God before our minds. This is the fundamental secret of caring for our souls. Our part in thus practicing the presence of God, he's referencing Brother Lawrence there, is to direct and redirect our minds constantly to God. To direct and redirect our minds constantly to God. Go to the next one for me, Gary. In the early time of our practicing, we may well be challenged by burdensome habits of dwelling on things less than God. (laughs) How true is that? But these are habits, not the law of gravity, and they can be broken, 
a new grace-filled habit will replace the former ones as we take intentional steps toward keeping God before us. Next one. Soon our minds, this is so beautiful, soon our minds will return to God as the needle of a compass constantly returns to the north. If God is the great longing of our soul, souls, he will become the pole star of our inward beings. And so that's what this tradition's all about. That's what I want to invite us into this week. And then next week, we're going to have a, a special guest with us. Uh, Larry Green from Cloudwalk uh, Ministries is going to come be with us and teach us some more about contemplative prayer. And I'm super excited about that. Um, and uh, so we're going to focus on this idea of turning back to the north, so to speak, and letting that awareness and awakeness of God be be, be more and more the focus of our attention that we might build a prayer-filled life. This morning, we don't want to just talk about that. We want to try to practice it, and so we're going to lean into that together. So I'm going to invite Jenny Wheaton to come up here. And Jenny is uh, a spiritual director. She's involved in a ministry that does missions work, and uh, part of her work is to care for the souls of the people doing that. And so uh, she's really experienced in this kind of contemplative and abiding prayer. And so I've asked Jenny to just take some time, and she's going to lead us in a bit of an extended opportunity to simply be with Jesus, to hear the voice of God, the voice of Jesus saying, come to me. And that's what we're going to do now. We're just going to go into our souls and make presence and awareness to be connected to Jesus. So Jenny, I'll let you lead us in a moment of prayer, a, a guided practice of prayer. Thanks, Jordan. So before we start, I want to say that this is a time for you to feel free to do whatever makes you most comfortable. So I'm going to lead us and guide us, but if you find yourself needing to not do this, please know that that's okay. Also, you will notice under your seats that there is a pencil with a piece of paper. You can use it if you want, if it's helpful. If not, that's totally okay. So just know that that's there um, as we go. So I will lead us in this, and to begin, you're welcome to close your eyes or maybe focus on something in front of you. Um, so as we begin, Lord, we ask that you would come and meet us and that you would meet us right where we are, in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies. So I'm going to invite you guys to take some really deep breaths as we begin Inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. And as you continue to breathe, I would invite, invite you to become aware of your body. You might want to scan your body from the tip of your head to the bottom of your feet slowly, noticing any places in you that are filled with tension, that are hurting or in pain. And just take a minute to notice those places.
Be curious about them. What are those places holding today? What emotions are they carrying? And as you notice them, I would invite you to take another really deep breath. Breathing in the Holy Spirit. Allowing him to meet you in those places in your body. And as you inhale and exhale again, I wonder if you might be able to release to him a little bit of that tension or pain. I would invite you to breathe deeply again, inhaling and exhaling. Noticing again your body, but this time becoming aware of any place in you, any small place that feels at peace. even if it's just the tip of your toes. And just notice. And recognize the peace of God in you. then I would invite you to take another really deep breath. Now becoming aware of your mind. What are the things that are distracting you this morning? Things that are pulling you away from being able to be present here. And again, I would just invite you to notice them without judgment, without guilt or condemnation. And as you become aware of those things, I would invite you to picture yourself standing at the bank of a river. watching as boats flow down it. Passing in front of you until you can't see them anymore. And then I would invite you as you're able 
to quietly name each of those things that are distracting you and place them in a boat and watch as, until you can't see them anymore. And know that if those things return to your mind, that it's totally normal. And you can just continue to place them in a boat. And then I would invite you to take another really deep breath. And now to notice how you're doing this morning. How are you really doing today? If you were really honest, how would you describe how you are today? And I would just invite you to hold that for a moment. And then to picture yourself in a safe space. And I would invite you just to go with whatever comes to mind. And once you're there, I would invite you to notice it, to notice what's around you. What do you see there? What do you hear? What do you smell? Do you taste anything? Are you touching anything? As you're in your safe space, I wonder if Jesus can come and be with you. And if so, I would invite you to notice how he comes.
and to notice how you are as he comes. What do you notice about him? And I would invite you to just take a minute to be with Jesus. And I would also invite you to take as much time as you need to pour out your heart to him. Telling him how you really are. Being as honest as you can be and want to be with him. He is more than able. And then I would invite you to notice how he responds to you. And what is it that you need today from him? What are you longing for? Can you take a minute to tell him? And again, I would invite you to notice how he responds. And then can you just be with him? 
And is it okay for him to just be with you? Now I would invite you to take one more really deep breath. To come back into this space, knowing that he is just as present here with you. I would invite you today to notice how he comes to you, how he fulfills your longings and your needs. And so, Jesus, we thank you that you offer and give us more than we could ever ask or imagine. And we thank you for your presence in us, around us, among us. And Jesus, give us eyes to see today. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.